Zoe MD Podcast, where we explore topics about work and wellness to help you thrive on and off the job. Join me, obesity medicine physician, Dr. Michelle Johnson, to learn the science behind getting well and staying well. This podcast will focus on navigating the health challenges of the workplace, reclaiming control over your health, and living the complete life you desire. Today, our guest is Dr. Sharuba Prabhaka. She is a board-certified OBGYN and fellowship-trained minimally invasive surgeon. She has a passion for treating women with fibroids and offers them the latest medical and surgical treatment options. She is well-versed in vaginal, laparoscopic, robotic, and open surgical techniques. Outside of medicine, she enjoys hanging out with her family, swimming, and playing tennis. You can find her at www.thefibroiddoc.com. Please welcome Dr. Sharuba Prabhaka. Thank you so much for having me. And sure, so I am an, I'm a board certified OBGYN and a fellowship trained in minimally invasive surgery. So, you know, as I finished my OBGYN residency, I really found myself gravitating more towards surgery. And so I did this fellowship in Brooklyn, New York, where we operated on a lot of women with fibroids. And so over those two years, I did a lot of these cases and it really sort of became my niche and my passion. So that is something I focus on today as I am an attending out here in Oakland, California. And I have a busy surgical practice, but I really enjoy taking care of women with fibroids and treating them, you know, both with medical and surgical options. So thank you so much. So you mentioned fibroids. I think we hear a lot about fibroids, but what exactly are fibroids? Yeah, so fibroids are tumors of the uterus. And, you know, when people usually hear tumors, they get worried. Oh my goodness, is it cancer? You know, the good thing is fibroids are mostly benign. 99.999% are benign. So they are not dangerous. They are smooth muscle tumors of the uterus, and they can occur in various places in the uterus, sometimes inside the, inside the cavity of the uterus, sometimes the wall, sometimes kind of hanging right outside the uterus. And uh, they can you know, cause all sorts, of, all sorts of symptoms. But essentially, yeah, that's, that's what fibroids are. And a lot of women don't even know they have fibroids. It's sort of discovered on their, in their doctor's visit, on an exam, or if they start to have symptoms such as bleeding and pain and pressure. Oh, okay. And typically, what is the age range that you may see a fibroid? Yeah, so fibroids mostly occur women in, in uh, women of childbearing age, so late 20s, 30s, and even 40s and 50s. A lot of women don't know they have fibroids until you know, their 40s or 50s, but we don't, they may have been having it, you know, sooner. And then it's just been slowly growing. But I mean, it's definitely seen it as early as, you know, 24, 25. So you mentioned the symptoms. I see a lot of uh, police and fire who are having symptoms of bleeding, pain. Uh, what are the options for uh, people who are ha- having symptoms? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And, you know, it, it all depends on how much it affects your quality of life. Now, some people, don't know they have fibroids and because they don't, you know, they don't have any symptoms. But others, as you mentioned, have bleeding and pain. And this can be a a big deal in 
service lines and professions where you don't really have the luxury of just working from home. You're up and about in the field and you've got to find a bathroom and make sure you don't, you know, bleed through your clothes and, and all of that. So I think the first step is to make sure you see a gynecologist and figure out, you know, where are your fibroids, you know, do you have fibroids? Is, is that the problem, first of all? And then, you know, where are they? How big are they? So these preliminary questions will, or answers will really determine, you know, what to do about it. And certainly for women who are bleeding so much that they are soaking clothes or having to wear like a diaper even, uh, patients have told me that then there's, there are definitely medical and surgical treatment options available. And if I decide to go with either a, a medical or surgical option, can you give me some of the kind of uh, recovery times and what I should expect even as an employee? Yeah. So for medical options, you know, it's, it's pretty good. You know, it, it's often pills. So that's easy. You can take it every day. Sometimes it's, you take it during your period. You've got a Mirena IUD, which is an office procedure that you're in and out, and there's really no downtime for that. So the medical options are, are pretty low risk, and you, know, you, you don't really need to take time off of work. Now, the surgical options, there are several, and mainly I'm going to break it down into outpatient and inpatient. So outpatient procedures are those that are done this in an outpatient setting, which means you go home the same day. So a couple of hours after surgery, you know, you're home. So for those, the downtime usually is about anywhere from two to three days because you want to take a day off just to recover from the anesthesia. I usually tell patients, okay, if you're having surgery today, just take tomorrow off. But other than that, after that, you're, you're good to go. If you're having an inpatient procedure, more like, you know, where your abdomen is being opened up in order to take out fibroids, uh, if, you, if you're doing it, which is called a myomectomy. So if you're having a myomectomy or if you're having, you're just done with fibroids and you never want to, you know, experience these issues again, if you're having a hysterectomy, then you're looking more around six to eight weeks of recovery time. So yeah, a, a lot of times patients have to plan this out. You know, they'll come and have a consult with me and then they'll say, okay, this is what I want. And then they have to talk to their employer and figure out when they can take that vacation time. And, and it, you know, really depends on what you do for work. So if you're in the police or if you're in the fire department, obviously you're really active and using your whole body. And, and in that case, you're really looking at the full recovery time of 68 weeks. But if you're somebody who can work from home, works in a computer, you know, things like that, then a lot of times patients will go back even in two weeks because they can just work from home and they're not physically exerting themselves. So it really depends uh, what you do for work. So the options that I have as an outpatient, what, what are the procedures? So there's, there's a few now. So with outpatient procedures, we've got a myomectomy, which is removing fibroids, but we can actually do that through the vagina and through the cervix and just taking care of shaving off the fibroids that are inside the cavity that are usually the big culprits for heavy bleeding. So luckily, that's an outpatient procedure that can be done, you know, within an hour or so. We also have the endometrial ablation, which is where we circulate some hot water in the cavity and, and kind of burn the lining of the uterus. And that's about a 15-minute procedure. And so that'll stop a lot of periods and or reduce the bleeding greatly. So that's a really good option, too, for patients. Sometimes I'll add in the Mirena IUD insertion, 
with either of those procedures because you're already in the operating room and you don't have to go through the discomfort of that insertion in the office. Whereas in the operating room, you already, you know, you have a sedation, you're already under. So that can also be an option. That's another one that we do often. Oh, thank you. So yeah. it's really, and you also mentioned the kind of the inpatient would be the, also the myomectomy and then also hysterectomy is an option. Yes. Yes. Okay. So those are, those are the two big surgeries that we do inpatient. And when I say inpatient, not, not all of the time do you actually have to, they're, they're the bigger procedures, but depending on how you do, I often send patients home the same day. Even even for that procedure, so even if you have a hysterectomy, you can, you can go home the same day. We have different ways of doing these these surgeries. You know, traditionally there's this big incision, this big cut that you undergo, and obviously if you have that, you can't just walk out of the hospital that day. You're staying in the hospital for two or three days, but you can. Most of my surgeries I do laparoscopically or robotically, and so if I do it that way, then a lot of times patients will go home the same day or they'll stay one night. Some people prefer to stay one night at the hospital. They just feel more supported, you know, more help. And sometimes people react poorly to anesthesia. And so they tend to have some nausea. So just to kind of combat all that, they just prefer to stay over one night. But it's a much quicker, you know, discharge than if you were to have an open procedure. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Sharuba. I am so grateful that you're able to give us some options that we could do to help with uh, people who are having these symptoms. How can people connect with you? Yeah, I would love to hear from folks who have fibroids or who have more questions about it. You can find me at www.thefibroiddoc.com. And I do have a YouTube channel, The Fibroid Doc. So if you subscribe to that, I put out weekly videos on various aspects of fibroid care and also my Instagram channel at the fibroid doc. So make sure you follow me there for latest information on fibroids and gynecologic, you know, hot topics. Thank you so much. Everything will be in the show notes. And thank you so much, Dr. Ruth, for coming on. You're welcome. And it was really a pleasure. Thank you for having me.